Well, thanks for the opportunity over the last few weeks to be in Thailand and to, to share the book of Ephesians with uh, Akka and Karen people groups that um, border along northern Thailand and Burma and then also into, into China. And so there are about 45 pastors and evangelists that are there out of the 90-something that could make it. Not everybody could make it because of the weather, because they don't have the wonderful roads that we have. And so if it rains, sometimes enough rain keeps them from getting there. But what a great privilege to be able to be there and to, to share the good news and the gospel with those pastors. And they could go back and have about six months of sermons um, that they will be able to go back to their villages and share the good news of Jesus Christ through the book of Ephesians. So the privilege that you've allowed me to be there. And then also in midst of that to know that, hey, Whitney and Natalie were here and sharing the good news with you about superheroes and people of the faith. And so to know that God's gifting and, and their talents and their skills and the gifts that God's given them to be able to share with you. That's exciting for me to know. I could be around the world and to know that good things are going on even over here as well. So this morning we'll continue our study on superheroes. Next week I'll talk to you a little bit more about Thailand when my daughter's here to share all the wonderful pictures and stories um, that she experienced. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Joshua chapter 1 and we'll look, be looking at Joshua. Now the person of Joshua is an interesting guy. He was the aide or the lead servant to Moses. And so Moses, if you've been around church a little bit, Moses is a pretty important guy in the Christian faith and in the story of the Bible. And so Moses was the guy that helped lead the Israelite people out of Egypt and slavery into freedom, that they were moving toward the promised land. And Joshua was with him. So whenever Moses went up to the Mount Sinai to the top, actually, um, Joshua was there with him and several other opportunities that Joshua had exclusiveness to those moments with Moses. And so Joshua and Moses were close friends and met, Moses mentored Joshua and spent a lot of time with them. And then you can imagine being kind of the, the mentor or the study to someone who's of that great character and well-known and well-loved and has brought people out of slavery and all of that. And so Joshua is loves this guy, and then all of a sudden one day Moses says to him, hey, you're going to be taking my place. You can imagine the fear and trepidation and all of the emotions that Joshua was feeling. He's like, look, if Moses, as great as Moses is, and as great a leader and as great a person of faith as Moses is, couldn't lead the Israelites into the promised land, who do I think that I am as Joshua to fulfill this task? So an overwhelming task for a young man to say, I am now leading. And so in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 7, Moses, I'm sure, can see the fear and trepidation in Joshua's eyes. And he looks at him into his eyes and he says, Joshua, be strong and courageous because the Lord has called you. The Lord has anointed you and he has favor upon you. And everywhere that you put your footsteps, the God that we've experienced together over the last few years will be the one that's walking with you into this promised land. He will actually go before you. So be strong and very courageous. Even when you don't feel like you have the strength, be strong and courageous because the Lord will be with you. As I think about that fear and trepidation of Joshua leading the Israelites into the promised land, I think about that moment When Becky looked in my eyes and said, hey, you're going to be a dad. And the overwhelming sense of, 
I'm not adequate enough, I'm not strong enough, I'm not wise enough, I don't have enough money, I don't have enough experience, where's the manual? And you've seen a lot of fathers do well, and you've seen a lot of fathers fail, and saying, I want to do well, and I want to lead my family, and I want to lead my children into the promised land. A place of freedom, a place of bounty, a place where... As a family, we experience what it looks like to live as a Christian family. And so with great fear and trepidation, I stand, stood at the precipice of that saying and feeling much like Joshua, can I accomplish this task? And the words were quickly reaffirmed as the words to Joshua, no, Joshua, you can't do it on your own. But if you lean into and press into who God is, and you remember the things that he's done, that God will lead you and guide you and direct you. As a matter of fact, the land that is already there before you have already given to you. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Joshua chapter 1 as we join Joshua's story. He's been commissioned. Moses has passed away, and so now he stands before God. And this is a conversation that God has with Moses or Joshua, and we get to... To listen in. Now, the name Joshua means the Lord delivers or the Lord saves. And so his very name shows us his character and his task and the duty ahead of him. Hoshea, Joshua, which is also the root of that is also the same as Jesus. So here we are in verse one. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses's aide, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your feet, your foot, as I promised to Moses. Now this word give is actually a prophetic future tense. And so what that means is that what Moses or what Joshua is hearing from the Lord is the very places that you go, I have already given to you. You actually already possess them, even though you may not feel like you have the title and deed to the lands. I have already gone before you and have claimed them for you. All you have to do is to follow me in faith and to take the steps. I am already there, and I, as God, already have title and deed. I'm just waiting to hand it out with every step that you take. What a beautiful image of God going before us and already claiming for us. One of the tasks for us, in particular this morning, talking to dads, one of the tasks for us is to lead our family into the promised land. And there's those moments of fear and trepidation. And what I want you to hear this morning, dads, is that as you lead out and you hear the call that God has on your life, he has already given you title to the lands that are before you, that you have the freedom, you have the opportunity to pursue Jesus and everything that happens In relation to that relationship with Jesus, you already have title to, possession to, because a good father is ready to give and bestow upon his children the things that are necessary for life. So he has already gone before Joshua. Here's a word of confirmation. He doesn't even going to have to fight some of those difficult fights because the Lord has already fought for him. Verse 4, your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, and all the Hittite country. To the great sea on the west, so a lot of land. No one will be able to stand up against you all of the days of your life. As I was with Moses, 
And here he is, he's, he's calling back to the personal relationship. So in this passage, whenever he says Lord, he's literally saying Yahweh, which is the, the personal name for God. And so he's calling Joshua's mind back to those moments of intimacy that he was a part of with Moses. And Moses was having these conversations with God that Joshua was there and he was encountering the same God. And so God is recalling for him, showing him and saying, the same personal God that you experienced in your friendship with Moses and that Moses experienced, I will too be with you. And no one can stand up against you because I, your God, will be there. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now here he gets into the, into the meat of the passage. Now remember, Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 7 is looking to the eyes of Joshua and he sees the fear and trepidation of the task that's ahead of him. And he says, be strong and courageous. And so here God, even smarter than Moses, looks into the eyes of Joshua and still sees that fear and trepidation. And so the first words that he says to him is, be strong and courageous. Now this word courageous is resolute, carries the idea of resolute, which means to to be determined, to be purposeful, to be unwavering. And so the very first thing that he tells Joshua is be strong and courageous, be resolute, be determined and purposeful and unwavering. Why? Because the very next words are, you are going to be leading the people into the promised land. So dads, fathers, mothers, be strong and courageous and resolute because you are leading your family into the promised land. You are an example to them of what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Now, we love the little pictures of the ducklings following the mama duck or the daddy duck, right? And so that is truly the image here, is that as a father, I'm saying to my kids, follow me and imitate me as I pursue Jesus. Be strong and very courageous and resolute. Be unwavering and determined and purposeful. By the way that I live life, by the way that I pursue Jesus, by the way that I talk, by the way that I think, by the way that I react, by the way that I do life, I'm telling my children, imitate me and follow me, because if you do life like I say that I do life as a follower of Jesus, then I'm leading you to the cross. I'm leading you to freedom. I'm leading you to the promised land. So follow me. Now, we also know as... Christian husbands and wives and mothers and dads and grandparents is that there's moments where it's not easy leading because everything about the culture is telling us to not lead in the direction that we're leading our children. And so that's why as Joshua stands on the edge of the Jordan River about to cross and he has these people and he's saying to them, imitate me and follow me, there's going to be moments that are fearful and we're going to have to express deep faith and practice deep faith to go the places that we're going to go. Imitate and follow me because you will, even in the scariest of paths, you will find freedom and purpose and meaning through Jesus Christ. Lead the family. Continuing on. So be strong and be courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to the forefathers to give them. Secondly, be strong and what? Very courageous. So he's not, not just strong, but be, but be very courageous. Why? Because life 
It's going to happen. It's going to be difficult. It is not easy raising Christian children. It is not easy raising people who are following Jesus. It is not easy for us to pursue Jesus in the culture that we live in. We live in a post-Christian culture. America is not a Christian nation anymore. Okay? If all of the major cities in the U.S., all of the major cities, hear me, in the United States all of them are 85% or less or more non-Christian. They do not proclaim the name of Jesus Christ. Houston, Dallas, Austin, all these places are now 90% or more. We live in a post-Christian nation. So it is difficult for us, even in LaGrange, Texas, to pursue Jesus, be strong and very courageous and resolute, unwavering, purposeful, determined to follow the path to Jesus Christ. Be strong and very courageous. And so in, in that, he gives several different things, several things that he wants Joshua to do. He says the first thing is be, be careful to obey all of the law. Be, be careful, pay close attention because your kids are watching you. Your kids are going to imitate. They, they catch more than they're taught. Am I right? And so those very things that you don't like about your parents that you caught, you're passing them down. And so our children are watching us, our grandchildren. So be careful that the very things that we say are truly the good news of Jesus Christ. The very things that we do make sure that they're truly about the gospel and that we're leading and guiding and directing our children to the good news and the freedom of Christ and not some of these other religious things and things that maybe we've added along the way, but that we're truly leading and saying, imitate me as I imitate what it means to be a disciple and a student of Jesus Christ. Be careful to obey all the laws. Why? Because there's going to be a temptation to turn to the right or to the left because we're easily distracted. We have these newfangled things called smartphones and all these newfangled things called smartphones, there's calendars. How many of y'all have these things? A couple of you, y'all are still in the 21st century. Some of you, you'll hear about them soon, okay? <laughs> and so these newfangled things called phone with calendar, you get calendar invites. Anybody have that yet? And so people invite you, you get Facebook invites, you get all this different stuff and it is extremely easy to get distracted by the busyness and the activities of life. And I equate this with this idea of turning to and fro, that we're so easily distracted that we lose focus on what the path is and what the direction is, and that there's a lot of good things that we can do, a lot of good things that we can be a part of, but that one of the things, one of the main roles for us as parents and grandparents is to say what is the best thing, what is going to point my child? What is going to grow my child up in the faith? And that maybe some of those things that are good things may be good for other people, but for my kids in this season or in this time, I'm going to have to slough them off or not be a part of them because my goal, my desire is I'm leading my children, I'm leading my family to know Jesus and to love him. And that our goal and our desire as Christian parents is that our children would know and love Jesus even more intimately and more in depth and be more obedient than even I am. Or I could ever think because I've led them, I've, they've followed me to a certain point and at some point they can continue on on their own way and they'll know the direction and the path that it's easy to turn one way or to the other. So that they might be successful or prosperous 
wherever we go. Now, this idea of successful and proper, prosperous in American culture means that we can open up our wallet and we hit, and God just kind of like throws money in there. Which would be really cool because we would just like do that every Sunday. I'd be like, okay, everybody, it's 1050. God's going to bless us. Open up your wallets and pfft, it would happen. It would be cool. And some teach that. But what the scripture teaches here is, is that in reality, prosperity and success has nothing to do with my wallet. It has nothing to do with my social status. It even has nothing to do with my education. That success and prosperity has everything to do with my obedience to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so that in these moments where I'm distracted and I think about turning to the right or to the left, that I'm pursuing, I'm reminded of success is Jesus. And so that I may be the poorest of the poor, but that Jesus is where my success and obedience is at. And I was even reminded of this in Thailand. I'm sitting in a village in the middle of nowhere. They just got electricity. Okay, Imagine that. Just now getting electricity, and they don't have toilets that flush. All right, that was the funniest thing is watching Lauren. I was like, she goes, I got to go to the bathroom. I'm like, awesome. I'm like, like waiting. And all of a sudden I hear she goes, um, it's broke. I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, there's no jiggly thing. And I'm like, yeah, it's a squatty potty, and there's nothing to even hold on to. Good luck. Yell if you fall. And we'll send one of those little lifeguard things and pull you. And I'm reminded of that in American culture, how quickly I think that my worth and my value, my purpose and my meaning comes from my calendar and my wallet. And then I look and I'm rejoicing with a, with a village in a community where the average yearly income is $1,200. And they just got electricity, and some of them have cell phones that work spotty so they can keep in touch with their kids that are at school in the city. And that we're sitting around late into the night drinking green tea and vegetables that are nasty. and But we're laughing, and we're having a great time, and we're telling stories of what Jesus is doing in our life. And I'm listening to a guy who thinks that all people that are white are from the sea, and are from one village, and they have no idea about some of the things that we know and that we take for granted, but they know one thing, that they know that they've met Jesus. And that they're rich, and they're prosperous, and they're successful because they've met Jesus, and now they've passed it on to their children and their grandchildren. And that their greatest concern of their family leaving the villages is not that they're going to lose their culture and their life, but that they're going to not pay attention to the importance of Jesus Christ. And so as parents and grandparents, it's easy to get distracted by the things to the right and to the left and what we think may be success. But that our greatest success is when our grandchildren and our children say yes to Jesus and that they're prosperous and successful. Now, money's good, and we hope for that, but it doesn't mean a whole lot if they don't know Jesus. And then he also says, meditate on these things, focus on God, and, and he actually says, read them aloud, which is an interesting thing for us, because most of us, when we read, we kind of, we read to ourselves. 
But in that day, whenever very few could read, and so anytime someone would read, they would read out loud, and they would be auditory learners, and they would be able to hear it, and they would memorize it, and it would focus their heart on God. And so he's saying to us, everywhere we go, talk about God, that our activity and our words and our, the way that we do life, we're reading aloud, and people are listening by our actions. They're seeing the gospel in action by the way that we live. So that the way that we walk and do life, we're reading aloud the gospel to other people because people are watching us and we're saying, this is what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. This is what it means to imitate. If you can look at me and imitate and follow me, you are seeing Jesus. We're reading aloud the gospel. It's a powerful image. That Our kids catch a lot of the stuff that we do. And there's moments, even for your pastor that I'm not a lot like Jesus. And I'm not imitating. He says, success is imitating Jesus. Be strong and very courageous. Be purposeful, determined, and unwavering in your pursuit of Jesus because your kids are going to be modeling you and imitating you and following you. What are we leading them to? And what does success look like? Continuing on. Verse 8. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. So that you may be careful that everything you do is, you do everything that's written in it. Then you'll be proper, prosperous and successful. Verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God, the God that you met, on Mount Sinai with, with Moses, the God that you saw take you through the Red Sea, the God that you experienced, that you know intimately, that God will be with you wherever you go. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and very courageous. Dads, we have a job to do. Can you do it on your own? No. But the God that you've met, the God that you know, that's walked you through some of the stuff that you've had to walk through will be with you and will not forsake you. And if you think, oh, that makes me weak, listen, Isaac needed to hear the same words. God told Isaac, I will be with you. Jacob was told by God, Jacob, I will be with you. Moses was told, I will be with you. Just as Joshua was told, I will be with you. Dads, I want you to hear. Moms, I want you to hear God say to you, I will be with you and will never leave you and never forsake you, for I am your God. God is faithful to every generation of Abraham's children. And if you have, have said yes to Jesus, you are a child of God. You are a child of Abraham's promise. And he will never leave you. He, will, he deals with the Abraham's descendants in every generation as he needs to deal with them. And we are in a generation now where we need him more than ever. And we've been trying to do this whole Christian thing in our own strength and our own power. And maybe it's time for us to just say, I'm going to lean into and press into the one who can do it all. The one who opened up the Red Sea, the one who opened up the Jordan River and has done miraculous things. Maybe it's time for us as dads, maybe the most courageous thing, men, that we can do is to actually follow Jesus. 
is to pursue him. To be the lead sacrificer. To be the lead giver. To be the lead whatever we need to do to lay down our life so that we can say, imitate me, follow me as I follow and pursue Jesus Christ. Be strong and very courageous. For see, this whole time that Joshua's leading, there's, there's stories. You need to read the book of Joshua. There are all these different things going on the entire time. He had a vision and a focus and a place where he was going. He had an idea of where he wanted the people to go to the promised land. And the entire time, he's got this vision that's driving him. So in those moments when he's unwavering, those moments where he wants to just like, eh, you know, Johnny's mom and dad and said, that's okay. And so we're just going to go along with it. And we kind of, we want to give in because it's more convenient. Joshua said, no, I have a vision. I have a vision for myself. I have a vision for these people. I have a vision for my family. And so I'm going to say, imitate me and follow me. I'm going to do the hard things to lead my family because his vision was Joshua 24:15. And some of you have it in your houses and it's a really cool phrase, but here's what it says. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether you serve the gods your ancestors served, you'll be on the Euphrates, or the gods of the Amorites, the Canaanites, in whose land you're now living. But as for me, in my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I'm going to be strong and courageous. I'm going to be strong and very courageous. I'm going to be purposeful. I'm going to be determined. I'm going to be unwavering because for me in my house... My legacy will be whenever I'm on my deathbed, just like Moses, whenever I'm on my deathbed, I want to be able to look back and say, as for me in my house, we pursued the Lord. And that my children may not be the richest of the rich, but they are prosperous because they know Jesus. And if I've left them nothing else in my 401k, I've left them the prosperity and success of knowing and loving and having an intimate relationship with my Jesus. So as a father, I want to imitate and say to my kids, imitate me and follow me as I pursue Jesus. Be strong and very courageous. Men, it's my challenge. I know sometimes Christianity is, how do I say this, overly feminized. But I'm going to tell you that the most manly thing you can do is be a follower of Jesus and to give your all for the sake of your family, for the purity of your bride, and for your children to be the lead sacrificer and to show them an unwavering discipleship to the cross of Jesus Christ. And in this post-Christian nation, we need nothing more than for men to stand up and to stand up in the gap and to say, I will be an ambassador. I will be a knight in shining armor for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Be strong and very courageous. Let's pray together. Dearly Father, we thank you so much for children and grandchildren and nieces and nephews. Father, what a joy and what a blessing. What the joy is many times seen in the innocence, just the pure innocence of what it means to be a child and the, the things that they don't know that they don't know that they don't know. And what a joy that is. And that, Father, that you say to us, come unto me like a little child. 
have that kind of faith. So, Father, I pray that maybe someone this morning hasn't come to faith in you, that maybe today is that day, that they would say yes to you, that they stand on the precipice of the promised land and they just need to say yes to Jesus and what he said and what he did on the cross and gave his life for us so that we could, through Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection, we could have life in a relationship with the good, good Father. A Father that loves us more than we could ever imagine. A Father who has sacrificed all and has given us the greatest gift through His Son, Jesus, so that we can have life with Him. Father, that we look at the example of our Father and of our brother, Jesus, through our relationship with Him, and that we can imitate and follow. And that, God, You call us to be great sacrificers. You call us to wash the feet of our neighbors and to do the things that everyone else would say, no, what's the purpose and meaning? The purpose and meaning is to point people to Jesus and to you. Father, may we as men and women, as husbands and wives, may we pursue God, may we pursue you, and may we say to our children, our grandchildren, our aunts, our nieces and nephews and everyone around us, may we be able to say to them, imitate me, follow me as I pursue Jesus. As I focus my eyes on the cross and meditate on it and say aloud with my life, this is the good news of Jesus Christ. Follow me to the promised land. Follow me to Jesus. Follow me to meet the good, good Father. Which in your Son's name that we pray.